Hi-ho, hi-ho, it's off to podcast we go. Yes, we are marching down the Harland Highway like big fat Disney elves or dwarfs, whatever they were, the seven, they weren't the seven elves, they were the seven dwarfs, the silent W, dwarf. Uh, Welcome to the Harland Highway, I am he, Harland Williams, the eighth dwarf, dwarf, um, today, oh my God, well, this is the, we celebrate 7-Eleven. Uh, today is the 711th podcast, so what better way to celebrate than to celebrate the 7-Eleven convenience stores? We're going to be talking about those, telling 7-Eleven stories, reminiscing about 7-Eleven. We've all been to 7-Eleven. Um, we're also going to be talking, following up on the underwear leg syndrome. There's been more miraculous phone calls from pavement pounders telling me that underwear leg has happened to them as well. Yes. I'm not the only one. I'm going to be telling you about uh, one of my Halloween parties that I went to some fun hijinks that happened uh, on my Halloween night. There was two parties. I'm going to tell you about the first one today and then the second party on the next podcast, but a lot of fun, a lot of laughs. And then. The question of the day, the Harland Highway question of the day involving loud hotels. Here we go. This is the Harland Highway. Where am I? What is this? Some kind of a joke or something? Welcome to the Harland Highway. What you talking about, Willis? Son, you got a panty on your head. Shut up and sit down, you big bald fuck. Oh, God, what's happening here? What's happening? Hey, Harland, it's Shelly. You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. That is fantastic. <laughs> What's wrong with everybody in this crazy place? The Harland Highway. <gasps> what is it? The opening. To what? To another dimension. This is Harland Williams. You're a bad man. You're a very bad man. That is fantastic. Happy 7-Eleven Day, everybody. Stop it. Uh, It's not really 7-Eleven Day, but it is today because this is the 711th podcast of the Harland Highway, so... Number 711. And I thought, how apropos to celebrate not only the 711th podcast, but also why not celebrate the 711 convenience stores? It's not their birthday or anything, but it's just the same number 711 convenience stores, 711 podcast, the Harlan Highway. So. Why not delve into some 7-Eleven stories? Uh, but before we do that, why don't we, uh, why don't we play you a little bit of, uh, of info on the 7-Eleven chain just to get you up to speed? You're probably thinking, Harland, you know, I don't really need to know anything about 7-Eleven, okay? I'm, I'm, I want to hear some dialogue. I want to hear some comedy. Why, why do I need to know anything about 7-Eleven? Well, you know what? It's probably more interesting than you think. 7-Eleven's one of those those things you probably take for granted in your life because they're always just there and you don't think about them. So I'm going to give you some good old-fashioned 7-Eleven learnings. Okay, so open up your head, pull your skull cap off, 
and listen to this, and then we'll reminisce about 7-Eleven. 7-Eleven's the place to stop. Just drive right in and come as you are. We'll come out and serve you in your car. Can you imagine your life without 7-Eleven? Here are 10 uncommon facts about the world's favorite convenience store. Number 10. In 1946, the store changed hours, opening at 7 in the morning and closing at 11 p.m. due to the economic uptick following World War II. That prompted the name to change from Totem Store to what we know now. Although the hours have since changed, the catchy name stuck. Number 9. In certain parts of the world like Indonesia, the stores are a lot more upscale. They are considered trendy hangouts. Think along the lines of Starbucks. Some even have live bands. How do you like that idea? Checking a cool band at the local 7-Eleven. Number 8. Okay, you can tell the truth. A Slurpee is your favorite beverage. Well, it sure has to be for millions, considering 6.5 billion Slurpees have been sold since the launch in 1966. Number 7. You may not realize that beyond food and drinks, 7-Eleven has got you covered with all kinds of unexpected products. Headed to the beach? Pick up some trendy flip-flops from the store. And if you're concerned about catching some unfriendly viruses on the beach, 7-Eleven has got a respirator for you. Finally, when back home from the trip, enjoy your evening with the sex on the beach insets, all thanks to 7-Eleven. Number 6. Can you guess which is the busiest day of the year for 7-Eleven? Well, it may not always be the busiest, but Christmas Day certainly is one of the busiest. With many other stores closed, the company has much less competition on that day. Number 5. Talk about coincidence. Even though it wasn't the reason behind the name choice, July 11th is the official birthday of the chain. Since 2002, customers who visit on that date get a free Slurpee. Number 4. If you lined up all the pastry items made for the 7-Eleven chain in a one-year time frame, the treats would stretch on for 6,000 miles. Basically, that's enough for a round trip from Boston to San Diego. Number 3. Out of all the United States-based retailers, even the biggest supermarkets, 7-Eleven takes the cake for selling the most cold beer and cooked hot dogs. Number 2. Wondering how the company decided to stay open all day and night? After a University of Texas football game in 1963, students kept coming to the store all night long. There was never a break, forcing employees to stay open until dawn. From there, the 24-hour trend was born. Number 1. The chain sells 1 million cups of coffee on a daily basis. Break it down. That's 10,000 pots made and served every single hour of the day. Okay, so come on, give me a break, right? That was a little more interesting than you thought it would be. You know, everything has a story, and, and almost everyone listening, unless you live under a rock, have probably been in a 7-Eleven. And if you haven't been in one, you've probably been outside in the parking lot of one smoking cigarettes, rolling joints, or losing your virginity in the back of a dune buggy. Okay, so lighten up. Um, but we all have the, the 7-Eleven experience. One of my favorite ones is, um, I think you all know the comedian uh, Norm MacDonald. Right now he's playing uh, Colonel Saunders. Norm MacDonald is now Colonel Saunders. Unbelievable. So Norm is a guy, Norm MacDonald is a guy from Saturday Night Live, uh, pre-Saturday Night Live, pre-moving to uh, Los Angeles. Norman, as I call him, Norman MacDonald, uh, is a Canadian boy just like me, and Norm and I cut our teeth in the same comedy clubs up in uh, Toronto, Toronto, Canada. And um, Norm and I were, I guess, two of the two of the Canadian boys that emerged out of the pack. And for whatever reason, we 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 kind of like bubbled to the to the top, and we 
we uh, we got a lot of uh, a lot of juice, as they say, and and we kind of took that momentum and we we both moved down to the United States to Hollywood. Norm went a year before I did. Uh, Norm actually got the invite, I think, uh, from Roseanne Barr. Actually, had seen Norm perform, and Roseanne, who was you know the number one sitcom star at the time, wanted Norm to write on uh, her show. So he came down to pursue that and, and a few other things. You know, Norm started to have a lot of heat around him. And then I uh, kind of went through a similar process where I was ready to um, fly the coop. And uh, I had some things, uh, you know, I wanted to get done down in Hollywood. So I moved down a year later. And uh, Norm and I were very close up in Canada. We worked together a lot. We hung out. We went bowling. And then... Uh, played hockey. We did, we did some fun things together, but then when I moved to LA, we really spent a lot of time together. Uh, Norm and I would, uh, you know, hang out, have dinners and lunches. And well, one thing we used to do is we'd play tennis all the time. There was a tennis court over by Norm's house at the time, which was over in uh, Hollywood. It was at one of those free tennis courts nestled in the community. And uh, he and I would play very competitively, and neither of us were very good. But we, you know, Norm loves Norm loved uh, you know the idea of winning, winning and losing, and so did I. I. I loved that's what I love about games. There's a winner and there's a loser, and uh, and we were both very competitive, and and uh, we would play and play and play, and and you know, to, if I'm going to be honest, I won probably ninety percent of the time. And Norm could call in and dispute it, but there was no disputing it. I, I won most of those games, and Norm was so competitive, we'd play like a bunch of games and we'd be tired and worn out, and we'd sit down to rest, and Norm would be like, oh, come on, man. Oh, come on, let's play again. Oh, come on. Oh, man. want to play again, man. And I'd be like, you know, I was all young and full of energy. I'd be like, let's go, dude. And we'd play again, and we'd be twice as worn out. And we had great games, and there was great camaraderie, and we, we just had a blast. But what we did afterwards, and this is a very fond memory outside of hanging with Norm, is uh, we would walk over to a 7-Eleven at the corner. I think it's of, uh, I think it's, uh, it's on, on La Cienega, just above Santa Monica. I think the other, the... Cross Street was Holloway or something like that. Um, but on La Cienega, right over by the International House of Pancakes, there's a 7-Eleven, and me and Norm would just be, you know, we were idiots. We, we weren't the kind of guys that understood dehydration, so we never took, like, bottled water to the tennis court. We would just play and play. We wouldn't even drink out of the fountain. We'd just play, and we'd be, we'd be spent. We'd play for three, four hours, just sweating, and we'd, you know, this is the middle of the day because we we're comedians, so we didn't work during the day. And we'd walk over to this 7-Eleven and we would get the Coke Slurpees, the frozen Coke slushies or Slurpees or whatever they're called. And we would sit in that parking lot and that first sip, which it was like heaven. It was just like our bodies were on fire. Our throats were dry as a witch's popcorn fart. 
The air was hot. Our, we were sweating. Our clothes were drenched. We were like a couple of warriors. We, we, were, like, we were like Federer and Venus Williams stepping off the, uh, the, the tennis court at the U.S. Open. Just spent. And we would get these big, giant, you know, and it's probably, I think it's the only time in my life I ever, I ever consumed those things. Outside of that period, I think it was about a year, maybe two years we did this. And we, we would just go into 7-Eleven and you, you pull the handle and this stuff comes out like it. I hate to say it. It looks like a cow taking a dump. It just kind of kind of pumps out of this big hole. And it plops into your glass, but you don't care. It's like, give me that frozen cow dump. I've been playing tennis for eight hours. And it would almost burn going down your, your esophagus, down your, down your throat, down your tubes. Because it was so ice cold juxtaposed against your body temperature and the, and the temperature around you. And then the sweat and the heat. And it was it was just like... Oh, it was almost it was almost like touching something frozen and your whole body started to freeze. It's like when they put hand solo in that that liquid stuff and they froze them. It just felt like your body would turn to ice. And me and Norm would sit there and we couldn't even talk. Like we'd you know, in between games when we'd just take a break, we'd talk and joke and tell stories and laugh. And on the walk over to the seven eleven, we'd laugh. But once we once we got our mouths around those straws and that's that that liquid of life started going down into our systems, we, we just we couldn't even talk. We just savored it. It was like a ten minute courtesy silence for seven eleven. There was a seven minute ten minute seven eleven courtesy silence where you just let the slurshy or whatever it's called. Now I'm mixing them up, a slurpy, slushy, whatever it is. You just let it take over. And uh, that's probably one of my f- fondest memories of 7-Eleven. And then one of my other memories, I think I might have talked about it on this show before. It was a funny memory. I don't know why or how this came about, but I was I was out on a road somewhere, like on a busy street in front of a 7-Eleven. And for some reason, I think I had a box of donuts. I don't know where I got them. And in the box of donuts was one of those great big bear claw things, you know? The big like they look like they look like a bear claw. They're really big and puffy like an apple fritter. And I remember for whatever reason I took one bite of this bear claw and I didn't like it. So I just launched it. I threw it through the air like a football. And it it flew through the air and it went right towards the 7-Eleven just as a guy was pulling the door open at the 7-Eleven. And I remember the, seeing the bear claw go flying through the open door and just blow down the hallway of the... Like, it hit the floor at the entrance and just, like, slid, you know, down the hallway. And it, it just made me laugh. Like, it's just such an odd thing. Like, you open a door and a bear claw flies in. Like, how random is that? So there you go. A couple of my little 7-Eleven memories. I'm sure you guys have some good ones. That's that's why I kind of pointed it out here today on 7-Eleven Day, even though I'm making it up. If you want, if you want to call and tell me a 7-Eleven story that 
that's sentimental to you or if you lost your virginity in a dune buggy in the parking lot, 323-739-4330, 323-739-4330. Happy 7-Eleven Day. Oh, and happy 7-Eleven Podcast. Can't forget that. Hello? Hello? Harlan, uh, it's uh, Chris from Halifax, just uh, on my way to work in a torrential rainstorm here tonight. Uh, I got to go up to Moncton, it's a big truck. Uh, I was listening to your uh, show there the other night about uh, you talking about your underwear and the pant leg deal. Uh, you don't feel too bad about that, man, because I've done that a couple times myself. And uh, I'll do you one better. I actually uh, put my boots on and walked into the bus stop in my long underwear before I realized what was going on. So there you go. So the underwear and the pant leg, like I say, it's no big deal. Okay. Okay, bud. Uh, we'll talk to you later. Chicken chow mein. Oh, Chris, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. See, I told you guys. I, I knew I couldn't be the only one who did underwear leg. <laughs> Chris got into his long johns and walked into a store before he realized he had his long johns on. So there you go. Out there in Halifax there, bye. Halifax, for those of you that don't know, is uh, is a city on the east coast of Canada. In, uh, oh God, don't kill me. I think Nova Scotia or New Brunswick. It's New, It's Nova Scotia. And uh, it's right up, it sits up there above Maine. And the folks out there, a lot of them got a uh, nice uh, Eastern Canadian accent there, by. Now, not all of them. I'm doing the extreme one, but they got they got a great accent. Oh, it reminds me of the Pikeys from that movie, Snatch. But them there, uh, them East Coasters, they'll, they'll take you out jigging for squid there, by, if you give them a chance. Lord Tundren Jesus there, bye. How you doing there, Harlan, bye? Let's go jigging for a squid there, bye, Lord Tundren Jesus, bye. So uh, great to hear from you, and thank you, thank you, thank you for, for confirming to me that I'm not the only one that does underwear leg, underpants leg. But wait, oh wait, is there more? Hey, Harlan, it's Shelly. I am busy pounding the pavement and the trails on Vancouver Island. Anyhow, I just wanted to let you know I'm a bit behind in your podcast, so I'm trying to catch up this weekend. But I have had underwear leg. I've had underwear leg, sock leg, and pantyhose leg. So you are not alone. Um, And as well, my favorite Halloween candy is something that we call rockets here in Canada. You might call it something else there. But, oh, my gosh, they're so yummy, and sometimes I eat them all at once, or I'll save them, and when I need a bit of a perk up, throughout the day I'll have a a little happy pill, a.k.a. a rocket. Anyway, TGIF, have a great day, great weekend. Um, Happy Halloween. Bye. Oh, so sweet. Not only underwear leg, but sock leg and pantyhose leg. So how about that? It just this thing just keeps growing. Oh, uh, man. Well, I I, I want to thank you for calling in. If you guys want to call in 
323-739-4330. If you have any underwear leg stories you'd like to share, please do drop on by and let me know, won't you? The Harlan Highway question of the day. Why not, right? We had so much fun with the underwear leg question and I got such good feedback. I have to ask this question, and this one is annoying as all ass hair. Oh, my God. This happened to me recently, and it's happened to me many times. And I hope it hasn't happened to you, but I bet it has. Oh, it's so annoying. I, 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 I get riled up just even starting to talk about it. Okay, here it is. Question of the day. If you go to a hotel, should you... Pay for the hotel if they're doing construction in the hotel. And second question, should they warn you when you're checking in that they're doing construction? Because let's face it, when you go to a hotel, all you're really going for at the end of the day is a place to sleep, a place for some quiet, a place to shut out the world. If you're a business person, you you probably need your room as an office space. So you're, you're basically paying for space, quiet space. It's a hotel. It's a facility that's geared towards sleeping and comfort. And if there's a bunch of noise going on, a bunch of hammering and drilling for hours, even if it's during the day, A, should you be warned before you check in, and B, should you have to pay? And, and a lot of people, like me, I work at night. Sometimes I have to sleep during the day at the hotel because I do my stand-up shows late at night. Or I get up real early in the morning to do the media blitz, run around the city and do the TV and radio interviews. And then, you know, I'm up at 5, 6 in the morning. I do that for three hours. I got to come back and have, have a rest. I got to sleep because I got big shows that night. I need my energy. Now, here's an example. I actually recorded this in a nice hotel recently. And this is exactly the scenario. I was running around doing my morning media blitz at a big show that night in a theater, nonetheless. And I needed to get some sleep because I only had about four hours sleep the night before. You'll hear the tiredness in my voice. And I decided to record the unconscionable racket that was permeating the whole hotel. It didn't matter what floor you're on. You can hear this stuff. And here's here's what my room sounded like. This is me in my hotel room trying to sleep. You hear that? I phoned the front desk. They said it's all through the whole hotel, all the way to the 15th floor. Wow. What are we paying for? Hotel has a bed. All you really want to do in a hotel is sleep. Now I'm trapped in a room with Woody freaking Woodpecker. Right, Woody? Huh? Yeah. Same to you, pal.
Can you believe it? Did you hear that? And that's just like through the speaker on my phone, okay? It sounded even louder being in the room. This is the middle of the day. It went on all day. I had to leave the hotel and go out and walk the streets and go find something to eat. And, you know, I, I, had, to, I had to wander around in a mall like a zombie. I had no sleep. I was catatonic. Who could sleep through that racket? It was just unbelievable. And, and so my question is, and, and this has happened to me before. And when you check into a hotel and like, hi, how are you, Mr. Williams? Welcome to the Sheridan Arms. We're so excited to have you. Hope you enjoy your stay. We have a wonderful room for you. There's vending machines. There's a gym. There's a massage parlor. We've got wonderful room service, Mr. Williams. Oh, and did we mention we've got 12 robotic woodpeckers right over your bed in the ceiling tiles? They'll be pecking all night for the next 48 hours, Mr. Williams. Did did we mention that there's an old lady under your bed banging a pot with a sledgehammer, Mr. Williams? Did we tell you there's a fucking rhinoceros in the bathroom trapped in the bathtub and he's going to smash his way out for the next two days? But other than that, enjoy your stay, Mr. Williams. Are you effing kidding me? Up yours, hotel. You weren't going to tell me about the, the construction crew? Five floors above with the, with the, uh, the jackhammer? Retiling the bathroom in the handicap suite? Regrouting the... the, the Pipes, stripping the wood floors with a sandblaster, mining for coal through the whatever. Isn't that ignorant, man? And they don't tell you. And you phone the front desk, and then they're just they're just employees. Yes, we're sorry, Mr. Williams. It's it's all through the whole hotel. We're so sorry. I know this is awful. And they sound so upset. Why are they upset? They just, they have to stay. They have to be awake. They have to work. What are they upset about? Up yours. So there it is. There's the Harlan Highway question of the day. If you pay to stay at a hotel, whether it's a nice hotel or a shitty hotel, and you pay good money, and you're paying for quiet and rest and sanctuary, are they obligated to tell you, and should you have to pay? Williams out. Up yours, Woody Woodpecker. The Harland Highway question of the day. And speaking of nutty cartoon characters, I promised you guys I'd tell you about my Halloween. So I told you I was going to two parties. I'll tell you about the first one. Uh, the first one was uh, was a blast. It was at a uh, like a Hollywood nightclub. You know, we were out and uh, all these people coming in in costumes and gorgeous girls and guys. Notice I, I don't say gorgeous guys. Why do I? Why do I want to say that? Just guys. Who cares about guys? There's a bunch of guys. But lots of gorgeous girls. 
And uh, girls are great on Halloween, man. You know, you, you get all kinds. You get the ones dressing up super sexy. You get the ones that don't care. You get the ones, I don't know, it's fun. But we went to this this Hollywood nightclub. And, you know, whenever you go out in Hollywood, you know, there's so many gorgeous women in Hollywood that whenever you go to one of these clubs, you're, you're, you're overwhelmed by the hotness that's around you. And uh, so that's always fun. And so me and my buddy were just hanging out, had a few beers. And it's always funny if you get a little buzz going, the world becomes funnier when you're standing around people that are dressed really bizarrely. It, it suddenly, it, it almost felt like a flashback to Burning Man. I told you earlier in the summer, I went to Burning Man. And at Burning Man, you got 70,000 people all dressed up funky. So this Halloween party was a little bit of a flashback for me, but we had a laugh. We were laughing our heads up. There's one girl there. Her costume was she had a blow-up doll strapped to her back, but it was upside down, so it looked like this blow-up doll was sucking her ass. And so we, we, we immediately called her the ass sucker, and we spent about half an hour just making ass sucker jokes. It looked hilarious. And then, uh, you know, we, a bunch of other people, we, there was girls, hot girls are dressed up like they were in Clueless. And then uh, there was a few, few girls or guys, I'm not sure. This is where me and my buddy had a big fight. Not a big fight, but a big disagreement. I guess the club hired like some models and they were done up like to the T, like their, their faces, their makeup, like really overblown, like makeup and next to nothing on like a little, little thing covering their boobies, quote unquote, and like a little thong or something covering. I, I was afraid to look down. Because, look, I'll be honest, I don't like looking at nude dudes. And I was certain these girls were dudes. And he was like, oh, no, those are girls. And I'm like, no way, dude. Those are like dudes. But I think that the people at the club kind of purposely did it. They, they found either really flat-chested girls or girl guy in-betweens that are in transition from switching gender. I don't know. But they all, there's like three of them, and they have very slim, slender, tight bodies so that you couldn't tell, you know, by through the makeup if it was a guy or a girl. And my buddy's just staring at him going, oh, my God. And I said, dude, you're staring at a dude. And he's like, no way. And I'm like, dude, it's a dude, dude. I felt like we're in that, that movie, Dude, Where's My Car? <sighs> dude, you got a tattoo. <laughs> So what did you do? No. Oh. oh. Dude, what does my tattoo say? Sweet. <laughs> what about mine? Dude, what does mine say? Sweet. <laughs> what about mine? Dude, what does mine say? Sweet. <laughs> what about mine? Dude, what does mine say? Sweet. What about mine? Dude, what does mine say? Sweet. What about mine? Dude, what does mine say? Sweet. What about mine? Dude, what does mine say? Your tattoo says dude. Your tattoo says sweet. Got it? Oh. Yeah. It's a, it's a dude. No, it's a girl. Dude. 
It's a girl, so, dude. Dude. It dude, it's a it's a chick, dude. No. So that's that went back and forth with me and my buddy and I think I won. And I just, you know, at one point I did glance down and, you know, like I said, they're wearing a thong. So you could see full ass cheek. And I, I was just like, I, I couldn't tell. It was a real quick glance. I was just very uncomfortable. I just, I don't like people tricking me with their gender. Okay. To show me a magic trick. Show me a coin twirl. Pull a bunny out of a hat. Make the Statue of Liberty disappear. Don't toy with my sex drive. Don't dangle your sexuality in front of me and at the last section go, gotcha. I'm actually a guy. I know you were hoping to see like titties and vulva, but how about my cock and balls in your face? How about that? Surprise, trick or treat. It's like, no, you don't, you don't trick me with that. You know, any, anything else, I a card up your sleeve, you take my watch off my arm, you know, there's a, there's a, a shiny a silver dollar behind my ear, great, ha <laughs> ha funny, hey, amusing. Um, you whip off some clothing and there's a giant penis in my face, no, not, not a fun trick, okay, Copperfield? <sighs> so anyways, we went through that for a while. And then, uh, you know, we were talking to girls and we were just having a blast. And, uh, and then, then we got the hunger. We got, you know, we got the, we got to hit the drive-thru, dude. So uh, we call Uber and I'm pretty new to Uber. And, uh, and we go outside of the club and as we're walking out, the paparazzi guys nail me, right? The paparazzi guys nail me, the, the TMZs or whatever they are. And they, you know, it's, it's so weird because you're coming out, you're with your friends and all of a sudden these guys like whip these cameras up and they got the lights on them. And one second it was nighttime. Now it's like not, now it's like a light. It's like you're standing in traffic and there's a motorcycle coming at you. You got a big light and they're like, Hey, Harlan, they're yelling at you and and your friends don't know what to do. Like your friends kind of like slink to the side. They're like, oh God, I, what do I do? Or they, they, they stand beside you. It's, it's more almost more, more awkward for your friends than for you. And so the guy starts uh, talking to me about, you know, half-baked. He's like, what's better, half-baked or uh, the Tommy Chung, uh, Cheech and Chong movies? And, and then he starts getting into Halle Berry. He's like, hey, Arlen, do you think it's too soon? Halle Berry uh, is going through a divorce. Do you think she's fair game uh, on the market, or, or do you think she's purposely doing stuff to, uh, you know, repel uh, gentlemen? Do you think she's purposely trying to deflect men and turn them off by not dressing properly or something? And so, you know, I remember when I come out of a club after, you know, having a few beers, I'm a little fired up. I got a little fun buzz going, so I'm giggling and laughing, and I'm like, dude, it's Halle Berry. Halle Berry could have broccoli growing in her hair, stretch marks across her face. She's hot. She's Halle Berry. And then I said something. I don't even know where it came from. It was like one of my lines out of my, you know, something about Mary movie that I improvise. I just go, um, Halle Berry could do a watermelon bubble fart and guys would still love her. And so that got in my head, and now I'm laughing all the way home at watermelon bubble fart. What the freak is that? 
It just like rolled out of my mouth. I have no idea where it came from. And so now I feel like, you know, if TMZ ever plays it, I've ruined Halle Berry's career. That's what I said to my buddy. I just ruined Halle Berry's career. Now nobody's going to be able to look at this beautiful Halle Berry <laughs> without her doing a watermelon bubble fart. I, it's like I invented. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> So that was hilarious. Oh, and, and speaking of inventing, when we were in the club, I invented a word. It's like people would be walking by, and for some reason I invented like some kind of German word. People are like, hi, and I'd be like, Ulash Kabugaflagen. And they're like, what? And I said, Ulash Kabugaflagen. And they're like, oh, okay, hi. Ulash. And I'd say it again like an idiot. And people would walk by, and I'd say it to them, and oh, it was ridiculous. But anyways, we go, we go, and we get in the. We called the Uber, and we're waiting for it. And all of a sudden, an Uber pulls up, and the guy rolls down the window and mumbles something. And I go, "Yeah, yeah, I'm Harlan." Blah blah blah. And the, so, so we jump in, <laughs> and we're on our way to to get the the burgers at Wendy's, right? And, uh, and, and so we're driving and halfway through our drive, like my phone rings and I go, hello. And the guy goes, yeah, this is your Uber driver. Where are you? And I'm like, uh, I'm in the Uber, dude. Are you, are you in here with me? Are you like calling me? And then all of a sudden it became apparent that my buddy's like, dude, we're in the wrong Uber. And then the driver heard, he's like, oh no, is your name Catherine? And I go, dude. No, my name's not Catherine. I'm Harlan. He's like, oh, man, I've got the wrong. I think he was an East Indian guy. I've got the wrong passenger. And we're like, well, we're almost at Wendy's, dude. Okay, but I, you know, what do we do here? Maybe you could talk to him. And then so now the my Uber driver wanted me to get on his phone and talk to the other guy because the other guy was having a fit. And I'm a little like juiced up on beer, so instead of saying I'm going, you know, instead of saying hamburger, you know, when you when you get a little juiced, you, you twist your words around. So I started going hamburgi, right, <laughs> just to kind of make myself laugh and annoy my friends. So I get on this guy's phone. And he goes, "Sir, you've got the wrong Uber." And I said, "I can't, I can't stop right now. We're going to Wendy's for a hamburgi." <laughs> And my buddy's laughing his ass off and the, the, the Uber driver's like, what, what are you saying? What are you saying? I said, just go up there. You see the sign? We're going to Wendy's for a hamburgi. We want a Wendy's cheeseburgi. And I just kept saying it. And then I realized I'm not talking on the guy's phone. I'm talking in the guy's earbud. He handed me like a wire to his phone and I thought it was a microphone. So I'm talking into the Uber driver's earbud, and I'm yelling, we're going to get a hamburgi. Oh, so we get to Wendy's, and it's closed. The drive through is open, but the, the, the indoor part's closed. And we wanted to go in and sit down. We don't want to sit in an Uber. You don't sit and eat drive through in an Uber, do you? That's probably bad etiquette. You don't eat your hamburgi in an Uber. So, uh, so we go, oh, man, take us to In-N-Out Burger, which is another burger joint in California. So we're rolling down Sunset Boulevard and we go into, the guy lets us off and it was just a debacle. And then we ended up getting our burger and shake and fries on and, and then we called it a night. So a little bit of crazy stuff. That's the first Halloween party. I'll tell you about the other one on the next show. I don't want to overload you. 
And that, and I've got to go get a Hamburgi. Um, so there you go. My adventures in Hollywood on Halloween. Hollywood Halloween. There it is. Um, so there you go. I'm going to leave it there because uh, that, that, that was a kind of a fun little reenactment of my night. I enjoyed that. I don't know if you did, but I certainly did. No. Oh, oh, oh. Um, so, uh, hey, before I go, I just want to let you know that uh, my, my podcast app is available now. Go to your app store and type in the Harland Highway and you will get the app for free. And if you join the premium package on the app, so the free part is 50 episodes, uh, you know, up to the last 50 episodes of the podcast, totally free. New episodes, free. You get everything free. But if you want to delve into like the almost 700 backlog episodes of the highway, that's 20 bucks a year. Plus, uh, the premium members get my other podcast, which I do periodically throughout the year, called Let's Have a Fight, which is a phenomenal uh, podcast. If you want to hear a sample of it, go back about four podcasts and you'll hear it. Let's Have a Fight. It's a full podcast, tons of fun. Plus, you're going to get special uh, premium member uh, features and, and, and content that that regular listeners uh, won't be getting. And and it's 20 bucks a year. That's nothing and it goes to support the podcast and keep, well, actually both podcasts now and keep the ball moving. So I uh, hope you can join up for the uh, premium membership. Also check out uh, harlowwilliams.com um, at the store. We have a store in there. We, uh, we have all kinds of content you can look at. Um, and you can also phone the uh, the podcast, 323-739-4330. It's really easy. If you have the app, you can just do it on your phone. There's a button that goes right to dials it automatically for you. You can also contact us via email uh, while you're in the uh, website, harlowwilliams.com. Check out the store. Um, I always say this early because it always happens. People order gifts from the store uh, for Christmas, but they wait too long. And a lot of times we can't possibly get the stuff shipped in time so that people get it on the 25th. So if you're going to order some Christmas presents from our store, hilarious shirts, music, CDs, movies, whatever, um, please uh, try and get into the store early and put your order in so we can make sure it gets to you on time. Listen to this. Halloween just ended. I'm already talking about Christmas. Good night, Nelly Furtado. Uh, so that's it for now, gang. I uh, hope you had a great time here on the Harland Highway. And uh, we'll catch you next time. And until then, chicken chow mein, baby. Dude, what does mine say? Sweet. What about mine? Dude, what does mine say? Sweet. Sweet.